following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. They use it to push a far-left political agenda in this country that is not only destroying our schools and damaging our kids, but is destroying and damaging our culture. Based on faulty premises. How did this happen? And I just think it's, again, it's a part of the decline of all things that were once rather sacred. But we ha- we are having our young people absolutely indoctrinated in both public education and higher education. Correct the record of what is truth and what is fiction. God's seed has a root structure that's incorruptible and you might not see green for many years. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com. For more information about our organization and to read news articles and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles on LifeSite News, on Olive Tree Views, on WND.com, on BarbWire.com, and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to order my book, written especially for teens, and it's called Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. I hope you and your family had a wonderful Easter weekend celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and the eternal fact that he is risen and he lives. And because of that, we dwell with profound peace in our hearts and that precious assurance of joining him for all eternity if we confess our sins and believe in him as our Savior. It's the most glorious gift ever given to humanity, the greatest event of all time. And I know it changed my life forever, and I hope it has changed yours as well. I want to talk to you today with some more follow-up after the passage of the heartbeat bill, as well as some of the incidents surrounding the uh, pro-homosexual day of silence observed in many schools in mid-April. But first, let's talk about the heartbeat bill. As all of us in Ohio who have hearts for babies celebrate the great passage of the heartbeat bill a few weeks ago and the fact that this time we have a governor who actually signed it, yet even with this immense blessing, there needs to be a quick review of the pro-life leadership in this state and some unfortunate events that just took place, and then we will move on and keep celebrating this wonderful victory for unborn babies. We sent out an e-newsletter in mid-April that covered some of the controversy involved that I'm about to tell you about. Um, The fact that several people who are most responsible for the heartbeat bill, for shepherding, for imagining, for crafting the heartbeat bill in the first place, were not invited to the signing ceremony at the governor's office. 
and that exclusion was seemingly deliberate. Janet Porter of the group Faith to Action, Lori Byers of Warren County Right to Life were not invited. Neither was Christina Hagen Nemeth, former state representative, who was a sponsor of the bill in years past. Politics and hard feelings apparently were at work here, unfortunately, in the decision to not invite these folks, without whom we probably would not have a heartbeat bill. I mean, let's be frank. And one group needs to be taken a bit to the woodshed for its astonishingly unethical behavior. And that is Ohio Right to Life. They were at the signing, and the fact that they were even in the room is astonishing to many people. This group was the main reason that it took nine years to get this bill passed. Yet, if you look on the Ohio Right to Life website, right on the front page is a huge article announcing how glorious is the passage of the heartbeat bill. Those of us who have been around during this whole process, however, know the truth. Legislators were being lobbied by Ohio Right to Life nine years ago, and actually up until late last fall, to stay away from the heartbeat bill to not vote for it. At first, the group claimed public neutrality, and then Ohio Right to Life came out publicly and said they did not support it. They didn't think it would withstand a court challenge and might even set the pro-life effort back, and that was all some of their rationale. Really, a bill that would save more babies earlier, based on sound science, was being challenged by the principal pro-life group in Ohio. It's this behavior by Ohio Right to Life and, in fact, other matters that led to the disaffiliation from Ohio Right to Life by major Ohio groups like Cleveland Right to Life, Cincinnati Right to Life, and others around the state. So we sent out all this in a recent e-newsletter. And by the way, if you are not on our list to get our weekly e-newsletters, be sure to go to missionamerica.com and sign up. Here's what we sent out. It was uh, an, an article about all this controversy that was published by the Associated Press that really revealed a lot. In that article, the reporter asked Mike Ganadakis, who's president of Ohio Right to Life, what he thought about the omission of these key players from the governor's signing of the bill. And here was his amazing, arrogant response. Quote from the Associated Press. Asked about Porter's absence from the bill signing, Ganadakis said the appropriate people were invited bar none. And he went on to say, quote, I would say that the right people were in the room. It was to thank the governor and to celebrate a huge pro-life victory. It was a very diverse group, from pregnancy centers to local groups to pastors to legislative officials. I think it was a great cross-section of those who support life in the state of Ohio. Unquote. So, in view of this article... I asked Janet Porter what she might have to say about this. She told me this, quote, Mike Gonadakis lobbied with Planned Parenthood against the heartbeat bill for nine years. He twice called for a veto of the nation's most protective bill. She's talking about our heartbeat bill. 
but as soon as it was clear it would pass, he jumped in front of the parade to pretend he had something to do with its passing. It passed in spite of Mike Gonadakis and Ohio Right to Life, unquote. Again, there's a longer Associated Press article on all this if you would like to look it up. Well, the bad news doesn't quite end there. After we sent this out in our e-newsletter from Mission America, I received emails from pro-life colleagues in both Tennessee and South Dakota saying that Tennessee Right to Life and South Dakota Right to Life both had been against heartbeat bills in their states. So these groups generally are saying, I think, that the time was not right before the court and the political climate wasn't right, and I I don't know. So let's think about two things. It's a timid approach that discounts what God can do and frankly seems almost self-serving. Are well-established pro-life groups trying to preserve themselves? They should be working all the time to go out of business, don't you think? But if this was truly a principled position, okay, hold back, okay, then an organization of integrity would back off now and recognize those who led this fight. They would not pretend they had anything to do with it. So anyway, that's all the coverage we're going to give this. It just needed to be out there so perhaps you know going forward who you can count on in the pro-life community when the going gets tough. After all is said and done, we have a great bill, and even if it is challenged by the ACLU, I think eventually it will help turn the tide on abortion in this country, and that is a great thing, engineered by our glorious and all-powerful God. Let's give him the praise and glory for seeing this through. So there's more good news on the pro-life front, and it has to do with the movie Unplanned, which is drawing large crowds all over the country and getting many rave reviews. There have been some amazing and unexpected outcomes after the debut of the movie Unplanned at the box office several weeks ago, and it's all good news. Unplanned is the if you're not familiar with it, it's the explosive and powerful movie that details the experience of Abby Johnson, a young woman who was the head of a Planned Parenthood abortion clinic in Texas. She had risen from being a clinic escort all the way up into a management position quite quickly. She even had two abortions herself, and that's um, detailed in the movie as well. But then through God's amazing grace and intervention in her life, she had a profound turnaround in her viewpoint. The turning point for her, and this is outlined in the movie, was during a routine abortion, if there is any such thing, performed through guided ultrasound. She finally recognized her eyes were opened to the humanity of that baby in the womb, who was about to be killed. She saw this baby literally fight for its life during that procedure, and that was the turning point for her. Abby ultimately left her position and became a believer 
as well as an advocate for life, she started a ministry called And Then There Were None to help clinic workers leave the abortion uh, business behind, leave their jobs in that industry behind. Since the release of the movie, Abby's ministry has heard from nearly 100 workers in abortion clinics asking for information and indicating that they may want to leave their jobs. How amazing is that? This is all according to an article recently published on lifenews.com. Since that ministry began, the one that Abby uh, started called And Then There Were None, they have helped nearly 500 workers quit their abortion-related jobs. Wow. I don't know if you're aware, but 61 million babies Human beings have been lost to abortion since it became legal in this country in 1973 following the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision. 61 million, and that's just in the United States. Globally, it's many millions more. This is a holocaust on steroids, and if we don't recognize that, we have become incredibly, incredibly heartless. I want to spend a little more time on this when we come back from our break, and then I want to talk to you about some of the follow-up from the pro-homosexual and pro-gender confusion day of silence in our public schools, one of these propaganda events that the LGBTQ movement keeps organizing and trying to indoctrinate our kids with. It's all supposedly about preventing bullying, but we know the truth. You can always prevent bullying without endorsing harmful, high-risk, sinful behavior. We have to keep saying that and repeating it so our children are not manipulated in their viewpoints, their opinions, and for some into entering this very, very disordered lifestyle and these very sinful and heartbreaking behaviors. Stay with us here on Mission America Radio. This is Linda Harvey, and we will be right back following these messages. Don't go away. Friends, have you heard about the so-called Equality Act in Congress? Now that Nancy Pelosi is in charge of the House, it will get a hearing. This bill would add sexual orientation and gender identity to our 1964 U.S. Civil Rights Code. Yes, as if this is like race or religion. This is wrong on so many levels to imply that these sinful, disordered, and unhealthy healthy behaviors are positive for individuals or our society. But if it passes the House and the Senate, it might become law, depending on what the president does. So we need to make sure Congress knows this would affect our schools. There would be no way that this harmful propaganda and these high-risk behaviors would not be taught as normal to our children. So if you want to call Congress and give them your opinion about H.R. R5 and S788. Call Congress at 202-225-3121. They'll tell you who your representatives are, and then you can tell them what you think. Thank you so much for doing what is right and good for our children.
Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And we were talking in the last segment as we left off about the movie Unplanned and some of the amazing and wonderful outcomes of that movie since its release in late March. And uh, it's doing extremely well at the box office, much better than was predicted. So we talked about in the last segment about the clinic workers who want to leave their positions in these abortion mills and have been contacting Abby Johnson's ministry, which is called And Then There Were None. Her hope is to bring many people out of the abortion industry, and many people's hearts are being touched about that. Well, the good news doesn't end there. According to WorldNet Daily, the pro-life activists who regularly pray outside abortion clinics and are doing so especially now during the four days for life effort are reporting that clinic traffic is down substantially. In some cities, it's down around 25% and in others, as much as 50%. The power of the media, wow, it can be used for God's purposes at times. We see much of the very harmful material that's out there, but sometimes it's the opposite. And we just praise God that a movie can have such an immediate and unprecedented impact. And this is even after a concerted effort by the pro-abortion establishment media to limit and even stop publicity about the movie. Uh, Twitter, for instance, cut off the official Twitter movie account so that people could not follow the unplanned movie on Twitter, which meant that, of course, the news about the crowds showing up couldn't be reported in real time. You know, they're just so devious. It also, the movie received an R rating, and it is violent, so it kind of deserves it, but there are plenty of movies with PG-13 ratings that are at least as violent, if not more so. Of course, it's the content. And here are girls who, in many states, are old enough to get an abortion without their parents' consent, but they can't go see a movie about an abortion and get the whole story and the truth. In spite of all this, however, however, the movie earned over $6 million in its opening weekend and continues to have a very strong showing surpassing all box office predictions. The movie is now showing in 56 countries, and since it's a true story about Abby Johnson's exit from the abortion industry, that makes it an even more compelling message. God truly does work in mysterious and very interesting and unexpected ways. I'm sure many of you will agree with that. So let's switch gears and look back at what happened at our schools as the springtime homosexual activism event called the Day of Silence kicked into high gear. And sometimes it's an ongoing effort all spring with rainbow colored flags and posters all around schools and announcements on the public address system. And it's just all happy, 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 all about social justice. But we know, unfortunately, the sad and very 
destructive truth that's behind all of that. Uh, The official day for the Day of Silence was April 12th, and there were many, many media posts on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, and so on, that sadly showed lots of students and teachers, in some cases entire classes, were smiling, and these kids really do believe what they're doing is right and good. The reason they believe this is they're never, almost never, given another side. It's a true tragedy, not just about the promotion of immoral and harmful behavior, but it's a tragedy about the willful suppression of the truth in unrighteousness, as it says in Romans 1. But the good news is that students were not all remaining silent and bowing down before these radical ideas as the day of silence grew closer. There were reports of several protest incidents that resulted from the invasion of bathroom space by these gender-confused students who are being empowered throughout many schools to do whatever they want and invade whatever private space of the opposite sex they want. At many schools, as the Day of Silence nears, the incessant propaganda um, is very offensive to many students and families, and they often don't feel they have a voice. Well, I think a lot of people are starting to at least try to stand up, and many of them are our kids. In one case, however, the whole situation got a bit out of hand, which is the chaos that this agenda brings into our schools. This is just one more example of that. There was a high school in Fairbanks, Alaska, where a group of boys went into the girls' restroom to protest the fact that a female student who now wants to be known as and appear as and act as a male, she entered the boys' restroom where she took a selfie and posted it on Snapchat. This came to the attention of some of the boys, and so seven boys decided to enter the girls' restroom and take their own selfies as their protest, which, you know, you can kind of understand as a measure of fairness. The only problem with that, of course, is that boys should not be in the girls' restroom for any reason. So things quickly began to break down because one of the boys then allegedly blocked the exit of a girl who was in the restroom, and she got very physical with him. She kneed him in the groin, and he was, I don't know if he went to the hospital, but he was referred to the hospital. She was then suspended. Some reports are saying she was expelled. She missed her prom. The boys were also disciplined, but they were allowed to go to the prom, and the school is defending their harsher treatment of the girl because of a school policy that does not allow violence from one student to another for any reason. This is one more example of the confusion and disorder and chaos that is brought into a school by the so-called LGBT agenda. You can always take a stand against bullying without endorsing the totally unnecessary, not inborn, and harmful behaviors of homosexuality and gender rebellion. So anyway, back to the student protests. There was another one the day before the Day of Silence in Council Bluffs, Iowa, 20 students walked out of the school staging a protest about a biological male who was using the female restroom. Good for them. There was, of course, eventually a counter-protest of about 40 kids who said that they were standing up for their rights because Iowa law was on their side. This is a law that allows uh, the opposite sex to enter your restroom. And, of course, this was all 
done during the Obama era when he just declared an executive order with no basis in actual law passed by Congress. And so the Trump administration has rescinded that executive order, thank God. Well, anyway, in Council Bluffs, Iowa, the counter-protest and the protest went off without any conflict, and I am so glad to see that our kids are standing up for what is right and that everyone remains safe in the process, even the kids who right now have opinions that are very misinformed. We need to keep them safe too. That's all the time we have for today, friends. Just remember, always remember that with God, all things are still possible. Have a great day.